morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, Drake, Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey, everybody. That's, I don't even want to explain why that's funny, because there's just, it's, hey, everybody, hope you're having a great Tuesday evening, Tuesday the 15th. Wednesday? Oh, yeah, it's Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday the 15th. Well, that explains why it's the 15th and why I find that odd. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, Matt, how was your, uh, how was your week? Uh, my week was good. I uh, made it up to Orlando for a day, got to hang out with the future vice president of America. Oh, and really? Ha- Who's that? You happened to be there as well. So I did happen was, to be there. Yeah. That was ideal. I also got to meet me. That's true. So we'll there's talk more. Be, yeah, we had so many people who want to know why that was your nickname this week. Um, why? Why Drake? Oh, they're not going to let go of the Drake thing. Okay, good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'll, okay, fine. I'll de. I'll find. I'll deconstruct it every week. Welcome to our new viewers, by the way. Uh, we're getting uh, more new followers every week, so thank you for thank you for tuning in. Uh, so every week, Matt gives me a nickname of a rapper, but like changing their name so it's Jewish. So like Juzy, little Juzy Vert, um, Jew Tang, Jew Tang Clan, Jew Tang Clan, Doctor Dreidel, Doctor Dreidel. So this week was just Drake. <laughs> We're both tired, by the way. This is going to be a punchy episode because we're both. I, I couldn't make that one any more Jewish than he already is. Right. So that was that was good. Um, so this episode is just going to get better and better because we're both exhausted. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're exhausted. So this can be a really good episode. I'm really excited because I'm super informative when I haven't slept at all. You're going to get some impressive rants from me because I'm going to lose consciousness occasionally. Yeah, there's going to be lots of good stuff happening on yeah, this episode. Good, good stuff. So first and uh, foremost, first and foremost, allow me to thank Casey Nether Campbell for the kava that I am drinking on today's episode. And allow me. Oh, um. For anybody that uh, wants to know more about kava, I'm thinking about making a video on how to make it and where to get it from. If you want to see that while Spike is off getting his water from either LeBlue or from Kroger, uh, if you want to see that video, sound off in the comments, and I will make that video on how to make it appropriately so you get the best tasting, best quality kava there is. Um, And who would you like to thank, Spike? And allow me to thank Kroger. For this delicious, purified drinking water that I totally had waiting for me there, as I always do. Bula Vinaka. Bula Vinaka. I had to... I saw something over there. So... <laughs> <laughs> there was a bug. There was a bug I had to kill. There, there was a bug over there. Over there. Uh, so allow, so, um, let's see. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Dad Bod Calendar featuring the sexiest libertarian men plus me, uh, ever. And, uh, it's only $12 shipped or for $30, you can get it signed by me and shipped 
libertariandadbod.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. Fastest growing caucus in the party, I think so. Uh, it was for a while anyway. Um, if you want buttons, you can get buttons. Just go to the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus Facebook group and say that you want buttons. Just just post there that you want buttons. This episode is also brought to you by Black Coffee, spelled B-L-V-C-K. Nothing, but oh, nothing matters anymore at all. And in fact, not only does it not matter, but if you go to Black Brews, B-L-V-C-K-B-R-E-W-S dot com and use checkout code MW for free shipping, you get free shipping. <laughs> Put in MW. This episode is also brought. To- <laughs> <laughs> the- this episode is also brought to you by the Jorgensen the Jorgensen Cohen campaign, Jorgensen Cohen twenty twenty. I need to switch that out because we have a new logo now. That was just the placeholder holder logo, but I did like this logo. But this is in fact. This isn't our logo anymore. This isn't our logo anymore. This episode is also brought to you by Henry McMaster, who is a bitch. He's the governor of South Carolina, and he's also a bitch. Also, this episode is brought to you by tomorrow's very special episode of my show, My Fellow Americans, where I will be having a... uh Uh-oh, that says the wrong word, but I'll be having a discussion with... Chris Taylor Brown, the lead singer of Trapped, lead vocalist, says there, of Trapped. We will be having a discussion, not what that says, but a discussion, in fact, uh, about the uh, about nationalism and healthcare and economic, well, I don't think healthcare, economic nationalism and trade and immigration and Donald Trump and libertarianism and all of the other things that you would expect in a I, discussion with Trapped. I have a huge favor to ask you for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just as a friendly gesture toward Christopher Taylor Brown, don't ask him how his new album is doing. Just don't. Just don't ask him. So now we're going to start with our brand new segment, the Black Coffee Cold Brewed Caffeinated Carapid Fire segment, brought to you by <laughs> brought to you by Black Organic Coffee dot. But you go to blackbrews.com, blvckbrews.com. Use that MW code MW for muddied waters. You get free shipping. Not surprisingly, your graphic was so much better than mine. That's why I changed it like that. I figured. The Carapid Fire segment. <laughs> Carapid So, Ooh. speaking of... So, we're going to lead off with our lead. Like, this is the big story of the week. <laughs> this is the big story we're of the week. We're just going to start right now. Donald Trump made huge headlines this week by wearing a mask to Walter Reed yeah. Medical Center. That's right. That was the lead story of the week for many, many, many news networks. So we decided to follow suit and uh, let you know that Donald Trump 
wore a mask. This this is the lead. Yeah, <laughs> that's the lead. That was the lead on so many different sites. So we felt we needed to do it. Um, this is what happened this week. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's it. Well, again, uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. And uh, where we're going? No, no, we do have we do have the rest of the show, but. That was what everyone talked about this week. That that was the big news this week. That, that was, was big news what this week. Blew up my social media, and that is what the people on all of the main the lamestream media uh, what they were all talking about was Donald Trump broke down and wore a mask to Walter Reed Hospital Medical Center, whatever it's called, Walter Reed, and he uh, yeah that was that was it. Because, you know, that's the really important thing that happened this week, apparently. Also, so also, yeah. <laughs> also, well, uh, something else that he did that also went across many of the social medias, he commuted the sentence of, sentence of Nixon's dirty trickster, Mr. Roger Stone. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's um, a thing that he actually did. That Yeah, there's a thing he actually did besides okay. wearing a mask to a hospital. Um, um, he stated that Roger Stone was charged by the same prosecutors from the Mueller investigation tasked with finding evidence of collusion with Russia because no such evidence exists. However, they could not charge him for any collusion-related crime. Instead, they charged him for his conduct during their investigation. The simple fact is that if the special counsel had not been pursuing an absolutely baseless investigation, Mr. Stone would not be facing time in prison, which is 100% true. So he is still he he didn't uh um pardon him so he is still found guilty of his crime but he doesn't have to spend any any more additional time in jail. The 40 months in the 40 months that he was going to have to spend in jail have been commuted and he is probably back home in Miami. So this is I mean, you know, I'm not necessarily a Roger Stone fan by any stretch of the imagination. I'm certainly not a Trump fan. But he, here's so someone. Like, I, I met Roger Stone a couple of years ago because he actually ran for a very brief stint uh, for the Libertarian nomination for Senate here in Florida. That so I had a chance to meet him. Doesn't surprise me. No, not even a little bit. Um, I had a chance to meet him at a convention. If you had to guess how tall Roger Stone is, we'll, we'll do it easy. Is he shorter than us? Or taller than us, either one by a wide margin. I'm guessing shorter. By a wide margin. Because Spike and I, I know it looks like we're the exact same height. We are. We are uh, basically the yeah, same we, height, yeah. Basically the exact same height. Uh, yeah, Max Meeks is saying 5'5". Five, five. That's actually pretty close. That guy, I was looking down at him. Wow. Yeah. Well, that ain't 5'5", five, five, then. 5'5 five, five would be like around here. Like their, yeah. their eyes are around here. Right. So if his head's here. Well, I mean, I was looking down to like, man, it was a few, it was. Now I have to look up his height. I have to look up Roger Stone's height. Roger Stone. Yeah, he he is not a tall, tall man. This says he's 5'11". He is not (laughs) 5'11". 
<laughs> Were you wearing <laughs> stilettos, possibly? Well, no, this is even before I had Doc Martens, so I didn't even have the extra inch. Okay, yeah, he's claiming he. The internet is claiming that he's five eleven. He is not five eleven. Yeah, that is that is a dirty. Do you think this knows what my height is? On Spike Cohen height. Nope. Okay. I'll get there soon. It was going to say six one, and I was going to be like, oh, well, <laughs> well, they, they exaggerate by about four inches for everybody. Okay. There were two. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> so not that I'm counting or anything. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, he was found guilty of doing obstructing an investigation that resulted in no conviction, which is. I mean, that would be like if someone came to your house and said, we're investigating something. And I'm like, well, they didn't do it. So get the hell off my property. And I got arrested for that. And they didn't get any trouble. Because they didn't find anything. I mean. Actionable. Or or the court decided it wasn't actionable. Because, I mean, you could argue that they found something actionable the Senate just voted not to do it because they're Republicans and had no reason to. But regardless, he got yeah. in trouble for it and Trump didn't. So he, um, well, no, I mean, the Mueller report said that there was nothing actionable that had nothing to do with the Republicans. Cause that was the Ukraine thing that the Republicans shot down, not the re- Russian thing. And he was being investigated. Oh, yeah. This had nothing to do with that. Right. No, this had nothing to do with this had to do with the Mueller report. And when they were interviewing him on the Mueller report, he lied about a meeting he had with WikiLeaks. And he told one of his aides to back up the lie. So he got perjury and uh, witness tampering, um, which he wouldn't have been charged with had they not been investigating the crime that the Mueller report says didn't happen. So, so he's out now. Well, yeah. So, yeah, he did lie, but he's not going to spend any time with it. Okay. Well, that, long, long and short of that one. Worse things have happened. Speaking of other other things that have had worse things happen than it, Trump and uh, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos have threatened, or DeVos, DeVos, have threatened to cut federal funding from schools who don't fully reopen this fall. That's right. Uh, Donald Trump tweeted, because, you know, that's what he does. He does in, do Germany, yeah. in Germany, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and many other countries, schools are open with no problems. The Dems think it would be bad for them politically if U.S. schools open before the November election, but it is important for the children and families. May cut off funding if not open. I mean, don't uh, threaten me with a good time. Right, exactly. Nobody who's a fan of smaller government is rooting against this. Because the less money that schools take from federal funds, the the more we get schools that we all kind of want. Historically, the better they are because the more money the federal government has spent on education over the last 50 years, the lower the literacy rate has been. So That's true. Do not threaten Uh, us with a good time because we will accept it. Uh, so, uh, he went even further, uh, on Friday, blasting online learning. 
Trump, it's almost like Mad Libs at this point. You know, Donald Trump yeah. blasts random noun. Pick, yeah, pick adjective and noun. Online t- t- learning. Today, online learning. He said, now that we have witnessed it on a large scale basis and firsthand, virtual learning has proven to be terrible compared to in-school or on-campus learning. Not even close. Schools must be open in the fall. If not open, why would the federal government get funding? It won't. Three exclamation points. Now, we here at Muddied Waters would be very remiss if we didn't bring up something from Trump's past, and that would be one of his many failed businesses, Trump University, which was all online. So he's right. (laughs) It would be terrible. Do you think that's what this is? He's like, oh, no, not another Trump university. And doesn't realize that, like, there can be good online schooling. He, he was he's just upset that he didn't come up with high school online learning brought to you by Trump and all of the schools would have had to buy it. So he's wow. like, no, if, if mine failed, they all fail. If well, my online university didn't work. Neither does their high school. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Thank God. Hopefully, Donald Trump said nothing else about schooling and education this week. And yet, no, he definitely continued saying things. He just kept going. He just kept going. He uh, threatened the tax-exempt status of uh, and funding for universities and colleges, claiming that too many schools are driven by, quote-unquote, radical left indoctrinations, Matt. Now, I'm going to say that there are a lot of things that he says that I agree with. I think that most universities and colleges are driven by radical left indoctrination. I agree with that sentiment. I truly do. I don't think that schools should get tax-free status anyway. Which, going to spoil that one because that's what we're getting to here. A lot of what he's doing, he's not doing for the reasons that I like. But the fact that he's doing them, I kind of hope some of them go through. Um, but during his 4th of July speech at Mount Rushmore uh, National Memorial in South Dakota, Trump railed against the schools uh, that teaching kids to hate our country by teaching them far left fascism that demands absolute allegiance. Far left fascism. Yeah. So in yet another Twitter tirade uh, that we've all come to know and love, he gives us endless show notes by stating too many universities and school systems are about radical left indoctrination, not education. Therefore, I am telling the Treasury Department to reexamine their tax exempt status and or funding, which will be taken away if this propaganda or act against public policy continues. Our children must be educated, not indoctrinated. Now, most universities are filed as 5013Cs. C3s. C3s. 501C3s. And they're also. And that means that they're a tax exempt. That means that they're tax exempt nonprofits. So all of the money that the government gives them that they are loaning to students is tax free for them. So it would fall on the IRS to conduct reviews that Trump is threatening on Twitter. 
And of course, federal law prohibits the IRS from targeting groups for regulatory scrutiny based on their ideological beliefs. Correct. So that's actually not going to happen. No. What he just said is going to happen is, in fact, I know you may be surprised, but once again, this thing that Donald Trump said on Twitter is going to happen. It's it's actually not. Right. It's not. And if it did, it would be worse than what Obama did when he targeted, when his IRS targeted uh, the Tea Party groups and the the right-wing groups. It would be them deciding if schools were allowed to get funding based on their perception of their political bent. There's no way that can end poorly. There's uh, no way at all that can end poorly. No, no way. Uh, I mean, the biggest way, the easiest way to get government money out of schools is instead of revoking their tax-free status is to stop giving out government loans. Stop giving out government loans and stop nationalizing the uh, stop nationalizing the student loan system and let the equilibrium of the market happen. Colleges and universities are able to charge ever expanding tuition rates because they can get loans for it that are underwritten by the federal government. So why wouldn't they? If it were left to what the students could afford, they'd eventually reach a point where they go, "Uh oh, we're not getting students signing up because they can't afford our school. I guess we better lower our prices so we can have enough, you know, students in seats or online for us to be able to actually make enough money to pay for our operations, much less any additional money we want, whether it's profit or just putting away for future spending or development or whatever. They'd have to actually do that. If you went to a chicken sandwich store and you could get a federal chicken sandwich loan, they could charge you 500 bucks for that sandwich because you're not paying for it in that moment. You're paying for it over the next 50 years. But because there are no federal chicken sandwich insurance or federal chicken sandwich loans, they have to keep the price of the sandwich competitive, knowing that you could go to another place and get a chicken sandwich. So that's the problem. Oh, and it also allows them to go off on these ideological bents because, again, they don't have to not do that. Because they know they're going to fill up their seats anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, that is the absolute best way to stop giving colleges the amount of money. But I don't think any president has the guts to do that. Not even the 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 swamp king of the swamp people is that what you called him this week? oh yeah well i'm you know later on that what i called donald trump in my now famous speech at the libertarian convention but yes i did call him the king of the swamp people um i know a, someone who would do it joe jorkinson ignore this this logo this is the this is the old logo but imagine an even better logo than this joe jorkinson will end the federal underwriting and nationalization of the student loan system, put it back in the market and remove a lot of the requirements for schooling in the first place. I mean, there's way, I mean, the idea that you have to spend four years in school to do something like, you know, braid hair or cut hair or do makeup. Like there's no Which reason for that. Florida, Florida did a great job. Yes. Uh, last 
Florida did a great job last week getting rid of many of those restrictions for people. Yep, so last week cre- we talked about that. Yep. Yeah. Credit to where it's credit to DeSantis and everybody who worked on that bill in Florida because there was some really good stuff in that bill. Because if you wanted to be an interior designer or decorator, I don't remember which one right now. Oh yeah. Six years of schooling. Six years. Or six years of schooling and then two years of internship or four years of schooling and two years of internship? I think it was four years of schooling and two years of in- internship. Six years of not being able to professionally be an interior decorator. That's right. To not be able to say that couch would look good there. What on earth are you learning for six years other than you should have done something else? What are you learning? So speaking of people from Florida getting credit for things. <laughs> now it's time for our next segment, the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law anchor call in moment brought to you by personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, Chris Reynolds, law.com. Matt. This is the fabulous time of every week where <laughs> Our wonderful listeners can leave us messages throughout the week at anchor.fm slash muddied waters. And we will play them live on the air and answer questions. So we actually have two this week. Um, We have two this week. week And I will play the first one from Christopher Dutton. Hello, Spike. My name is Chris Dutton, and I would like to know the libertarian position, as well as your and Joe's position, on open and concealed carry laws on the federal level. Do you believe that they should be up to the state, or that should be guaranteed on the federal level? Thank you. Uh, hey, thanks. Oh, do you want to take that first? Well, so what's odd is that what, what, I, I, what? <laughs> okay that's odd so, i'm just saying what's odd so what what what's odd is um it was a it was a gun control case in the supreme court that kind of started taking chipping away at the 10th amendment and i believe it was presser versus illinois but don't quote me on that um but it was one of the first times a state made a law that restricted one of like this is 1800s. Um, but the state made a law that restricted, um, one of the constitutional rights and it got overturned by the Supreme court. Therefore the Supreme court was saying, even if you're a state, the 10th amendment doesn't apply to these laws. You, to these amendments, like you still have to follow federal guidelines. So based on what the Supreme Court says, yes, it is federal. And whenever federal does something wrong, then they've really screwed up because they're the ones that made that law. Yeah, so the uh, exactly. And so the both the Jorgensen Cohen and the libertarian position on open and concealed carry is that it should be protected at the federal level in that it's none of the federal government's or any other government's business. And it specifically says that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, which means by anyone, which means all gun laws are an infringement, including restrictions and requirements for registration and licensing. 
So I hope that cleared that up. Real quick, Ryan Roberts just left in the comments, my life is being taken over by libertarian podcasts. So you're welcome. And he says, Tom Woods, Dave Smith, Matt Kibbe, Muddied Waters, Eric July. Oh, speaking of Matt Kibbe, I got interviewed by Matt Kibbe this week, and that was fantastic. So if you go, if you go to my, uh, my page, Spike Cohen, uh, you can watch the, uh, we put the link to the interviews on there, um, on my Facebook page and on my Twitter. And if you go Matt Kibbe, Spike Cohen, you'll see that too. They actually have a playlist of clips of different things I said. And then on Facebook, they have the whole 40 minute interview. So was that, uh, for Kibbe on Liberty or was that for we, the people? Yes. They put it on both. Oh, did they they? put on Kibbe on Liberty and free the people? Cause it was so good. Nice. It was so good. He actually said that I nailed it. And I don't think he says that to everyone. Maybe he does. Maybe every interview he does, he's like, you just nailed it. But he doesn't. Okay. Well, I know people who have been interviewed by him and he does not give kind words to everybody. Yeah. I've met every person that Ryan had listed there. I know I've met every. No, I know you have Tom, Tom Woods, Eric July, the whole thing. Um, Dave Smith, Dave Smith, all of them. So, yeah, so I hope that clears that up. Uh, all gun laws are an infringement. Uh, Joe Jorgensen will fire everyone in the ATF and refuse to hire anyone else. She will decline to enforce any federal gun laws. We will put pressure on Congress to repeal all the gun laws on the books. And she will be of the opinion through the, the Department of Justice that any, uh, any gun law at the state or local level is, uh, is a violation of the rights of the people. So I hope that clears that up. We'll be pretty clear on that. So now we have our last question from Jorge Mendoza, Baby Libertarian. Thank you, VP Cohen and Muddy Water Media for producing a platform that has abundantly educated me in a way that has broken chains that enslaved me to partisan talking points. You have enlightened me and you fuel a passion in me to see everyone experience a liberated life. I applaud your willingness to hear my questions and answer them in a simple manner. I also appreciate the gentle attitude you use in explaining hot button issues. Because I don't feel attacked, I can actually hear you for what you are trying to communicate without planning a defense or counterattack. I see your genuine care for people, and the world needs more of that. Thank you. That's very nice. That is very nice. Jorge Mendoza. Mendoza. Jorge Mendoza. Thank you very, very much uh, for saying that. That uh, Usually we get people who ask us weird questions about soccer. Um, <laughs> it's true. We get a lot of obscure questions from the namesake of this uh, of this segment. So thank, thank So that was thank much you. nicer. That, that maybe, hey, Chris, Chris, if you're listening, maybe next time you could say <laughs> that we're nice and you like us instead of like, hey, Matt, what do you think about Eurozone Germany? <laughs> who do you think 17? is going to win? Who do you think is going to win between? Who is going to win this? Little known soccer Jorgenheim, Jorgenheim FC, and 
the Croatian Blue Devils. I'm going to have to go with uh, Jorgenheim. Jorgenheim. Yeah, because the Croatian Blue Devils, their striker just got injured, and uh, their goalie uh, broke his left thumb, which is very important for being a goalie. You wouldn't think it is, but it it is. It is. It's very important because he's he's lefty, so he leads. Oh, yeah. Well, Well, speaking of the uh, Jorgenheim Yeah, seriously, Jorge, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jorge. That means a lot. That does mean a lot. It means a lot. Um, And speaking of the Jorgenheim FC, Trump recently said that he plans to unveil an immigration measure that he said would include some protections for DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival programs that provides for work permits and other protections for people brought to the U.S. as children uh, illegally by undocumented parents. Um, and this comes literally weeks after the, after the Supreme Court shot down his attempt to end the program, Matt. That is 100 percent accurate. Um, around, the same, <laughs> around the same time that sorry, I'm I'm out of Kava. I had to get some more. Figured you were going to keep going. I definitely um, was not. Around the same time that he was uh, bragging about his cognitive tests and how he was passing all of them well. Sleepy Joe was failing all of them. Uh, He said, we're working on the legal complexities right now, but I'm going to be signing a very major immigration bill as an executive order. I'm going to read that again because he was just bragging about his cognitive tests, signing a very major immigration bill as an executive order. Hey, wait a second. Right, which the Supreme Court now, because of the DACA decision, has given me the power to do that. This man is taking the L from the Supreme Court and saying, well, because I have this L, I can write executive orders for anything. Which is kind of the opposite of what they said. Except since DACA was an executive order... Oh, so he's saying, hey, since you're upholding executive orders, I just do whatever the hell I want. Right. (laughs) Since DACA was an executive order and they said he couldn't use his executive order to overturn an executive order, he sees it as the the free pen stroke. And he says... I'm certain it's not... that. That's not how they're going to... Oh, maybe they will. I don't know. You know what? Maybe they will. Who knows? Who knows Who anymore? Absolutely knows. Um, we live in the age of the murder hornets, and uh, no one knows what's happening anymore. That's it's a very important immigration bill as an executive order. I like that part. That's so on whether the provision would give Dreamers protected by the MART program legal status, legal status in the U.S., Trump said they're going to be part of a much bigger bill on immigration. It's going to be a very big bill, a very good bill and merit-based bill, and it will include DACA, and I think people are going to be very happy. That None of that is actually a statement at all. There's nothing in there. But he did. He also said that it would give them a road to citizenship. Oh. He did. He did yeah, he add- also said it would give them a road to citizenship. So yeah. anyone, I remember the people saying he's going to end DACA and he's going to kick all those illegal kids out of here. Instead, he's using an executive order. To, to give them a path them to citizenship. 
Right. And you know what? Like, I am not against giving these people a path to citizenship. No. Not <laughs> No, I have no problem not, at all. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Um, most of the people, not all of the people, a good portion of the people that watch this show also don't have a problem with them getting a path to citizenship. Right. However, not everybody was as happy with this announcement as people who don't care if they get citizenship were, no. or were, or were excited about the fact that they were getting citizenship were. No, in fact, no, no, not everyone was happy about this announcement. In fact, the Zodiac killer whose father, in fact, killed JFK, uh, tweeted out, there is zero constitutional authority for a president to create a road to citizenship, quote unquote, by executive fiat. It was unconstitutional when Obama issued executive amnesty, and it would be a huge mistake if Trump tries to illegally expand amnesty. And I will still support him 100 percent. Because I am a giant tool. Hashtag tell the swamp no. Hashtag rule of law. Hashtag this changes absolutely nothing. Because I'm a Donald Trump toady. I had no problem with him lying about my entire family. And slandering my wife and father. Because I'm a prick. And no one likes me. And I probably killed people. In the 60s and 70s, even though that doesn't line up chronologically with my actual life. Pretty long hashtag there. Yeah, it's the only one. That's the only one of those hashtags. Yeah. If you, if you find it, there's one. There's just the one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, the Judd Deere who is the White House spokesperson, uh, clarified Friday that any executive order would not include amnesty. He said, as the president announced today, he is working on an executive order to establish a merit-based immigration system to further protect U.S. workers. Furthermore, the president has long said he is willing to work with Congress on a negotiated legislative solution to DACA, one that could include citizenship, along with strong border security and permanent merit-based reforms. This does not include amnesty. Literally all of this first part is amnesty. I don't know. Negotiated legislative solution to DACA, one that could include citizenship along with strong border security and permanent merit-based for citizenship for people that are here illegally. Again, we are not against this at all. We are open borders libertarians. We just don't like lying. Like, it is amnesty. Just call it that, because it is. You know, Reagan at least was willing to call it amnesty. It right. is literally amnesty for millions of Americans, which, again, no problem whatsoever. So... As we've said many times, the libertarian solution to immigration is to go back to what the founders intended. If you want to come here, welcome. If you want to have someone come and host and hire and house them on your property, they're good. Do it. It's none of the government's business what you do. It is none of the government's business if you come here, if you go somewhere else, 
If you travel across the various states and cities, it's none of their business. If you leave the country, if you enter the country, if you work with each other, it's none of their business. And in order to try to enforce that as their business, uh, it creates a massive police and surveillance state that still really doesn't stop anything from happening. It just makes it harder. And in doing so, makes it so that more and more, the, the harder they make it, the more likely the people coming in illegally are just bad actors with enough money to bribe uh, border patrol agents or pay coyotes to get them in or whatever. So you're, you're just keeping out bad, good people in favor of bad people. Um, so that's why Joe Jorgensen and I are in favor of completely open immigration. So speaking of Joe Jorgensen, I cannot believe man. Sorry. I have to, I cannot believe we just did all of the notes in under an hour. Not just under an hour. We did it in under, we did it in like 45 minutes. That is impressive. We're also both exhausted. We're both exhausted. I was exhausted when I wrote these notes two days ago and I'm exhausted now, but. So I think we are just like, yeah, next thing. So speaking of next thing, from uh, Wednesday till uh, Sunday, actually I left Tuesday, so it was Wednesday through Monday, I was at the Libertarian Party National Convention and my friend Matt here joined me uh, on Saturday for some of the day, so that was very nice. Uh, but we got to do a lot of things. One of the things I did was deliver my official in-person acceptance speech. For those who watched me get nominated live on Zoom and YouTube, my acceptance speech was basically me saying that I didn't have an acceptance speech and I would balance, I would give the yield of my time to Joe. So this time, this time I gave an actual speech. So here it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Check out that tie. Thank you. Oh, by the way, the lighting's terrible in this video. Sorry. Thank you so much. Uh, I have to admit, I didn't write a speech. I just wanted to come up here and speak from the heart. (laughs) Folks. Thank you all to those who are here in person and to those attending online. Thank you for being a part of the 2020 Libertarian National Convention. I know that I speak for my running mate when I say that we are both honored to be running as your candidates for president and vice president. And what an important time to be running. Folks, Look at what we are facing right now. We are facing the worst pandemic that this country has ever faced because the federal government refused to allow CDs, refused to allow medical professionals to test and treat patients for COVID-19 for the first several weeks that the disease was here. And as a result of that, we are facing unprecedented lockdowns across the country where small businesses are deemed non-essential and shut down indefinitely. Big businesses are given trillion dollar bailouts and the rest of us were given $1,200 and told to stay in our houses until further notice. And if any of us refused to comply, we would be arrested and put in jail where we'd be almost certain to get COVID-19. (laughs) 
for our safety. Almost certain to get it for our safety. We are facing protests across this country in response to police brutality and disproportionate use of force against the most marginalized among us as a result of unaccountable militarized police state that has incentivized bad policing, punished good policing, and driven an ever-growing rift between the police and the public that they are supposed to serve. We are facing ever-skyrocketing costs for the things that we need to survive and thrive. Healthcare, housing, food, higher education. We are facing a gap between the, those who have and those who have not that is growing at a frightening pace. And we are seeing Americans across the political spectrum showing record levels of distrust for this government. And what does this government do in response to that distrust? Why, they put up the two worst candidates in recent memory. Donald Trump, a lifelong crony who has leveraged the power of government to harm people and destroy their lives for his own direct profit, a man who said that he would drain the swamp only to become the king of the swamp creatures, and Joe Biden. I know. I know, that's literally who they put up. And Joe Biden a man who is one of the architects, who has been one of the architects of the military, military, military industrial complex, Uh-oh. the militarized police state, the, the war on drugs, and every other bad government policy for the past 60 years when he hasn't been busy sniffing children. We are facing the logical conclusion of the Republicans and Democrats having control of every lever of power in government for over 160 years and using it to take the power from us and give it to themselves and their well-heeled billionaire cronies at our direct expense. And who is the alternative that we have given to this? Dr. Joe Jorgensen. That's right. That's right. That's right, Joe Jorgensen, a brilliant self-made entrepreneur, a woman who was ready to lead from day one, an accomplished order who was able to break down point by point and case by case how the Republicans and Democrats have put us in the mess we're in and how our common sense libertarian solutions are the way out of that mess. Solutions, thank you. Solutions that come not just from Joe and me in the White House, but from all of our amazing down-ballot candidates across the ticket. And that's why Joe and I are working directly with the state and local affiliates and with the candidates themselves to promote this entire Libertarian Party slate in all across the country, unlike ever before. The American people demand change. And I don't have to tell you, that when we get on that debate stage, the American people will see that Joe and I, the Libertarian Party, and our movement are the change that we all need. And that's where you come in. You, the grassroots army of liberty, fighting for a world set free in our time, are the lifeblood of this campaign. You are the ones going and knocking on doors and uh, organizing your community and making phone calls and getting petitions signed, waking your community up to the libertarian message of self-ownership, of non-aggression, of peace and freedom and winning converts over to our side. 
when we end the wars overseas, bring the troops home, and allow the healing to begin, it will be because of you. When we end the war on drugs and free its victims from their cages, it will be because of you. When we get the government out of health care and allow the costs to go down and the access to true affordable care to go up, it will be because of you. When we end the militarized police state and allow the rift between the police and the public to finally begin to heal, when we, get, when we end the Fed and the IRS and remove the barriers... That was a popular one. And remove the barriers and burdens that government has put in place. And the IRS. And, uh, and the IRS. And the IRS. And the IRS. And the IRS. <laughs> and remove all of the government's barriers and burdens so that we can thrive and prosper when we end the ATF and the National Firearms Act so that you can defend yourselves and your loved ones and your communities in the way that you see fit. When we end the crisis on the border and set those families free from those camps, when we end the duopoly's gravy train and kick the cronies out of D.C., when we take the power out of the hands of the Republicans and the Democrats and their cronies and put it back in your hands where it always would belong when we pave the way for all of us to live freer and safer and happier lives. It will because of, be because of each and every one of you and the work that you do every single day. Right now, I want you to know that all of you are the foundation upon which the movement for human liberty is built and the very engine that drives it. You are the power. Now let's go win this thing. They put the hat in the wrong podium. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? I was supposed to be like, now let's go win this thing. And instead I'm like. Yeah, I, I was watching it and I said, they either put it in the wrong podium or they just kind of slid it there throughout the th- Throughout, no, they put it, it in the other, and, and it's possible that they told me it was in that podium. But I searched my podium. So then later that, the following day, uh, on Saturday morning, I got to do a panel that I've been promoting on Muddy Waters for quite some time. The uh, Gun, Gun Owners of America Presents is the Second Amendment really for everyone featuring uh, some of the most uh, prominent and up-and-coming people in the gun rights movement, uh, including Hank Strange, Maj Ture, uh, Devin, he just goes by Devin, uh, Rhonda Marie, uh, Alicia Garcia, and uh, Edgar Antillon. Um And that's all of them right there. And that's me, too, on the right, looking at my phone, because that's cool. Why was I looking at my phone? Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a really good conversation and uh, just a great time had by everyone. And uh, it was very, very insightful. Uh, we ended up uh, that it has been posted so people can watch it. Uh, that If you go through the, the Muddy Waters timeline, you will find 
uh, you will find where we where we posted it. And uh, it's uh, it was really really good. And we very... also have the audio on our. Oh yeah, and on Anchor. If you just want to listen to it, if you go to Anchor.fm slash Muddy Waters, it is there uh, on our podcast. It's stuff. great. It's episode seventy-two of My Fellow Americans. Episode seventy-two of My Fellow Americans is the Second Amendment really for everyone? And spoiler alert: Yes. Yeah, and I don't want to give away too many spoilers on that conversation, but Hank Strange, fantastic guy. Met him, met him there. Just, just fantastic. Just great guy. Great guy. Um, great guy. Fantastic. Um, but he had a quote that was so good. I never wanted to forget it. So I put it into my notes that I never actually look at. So that way I can go back every once in a while and read them. Um, and he says, guns are a gateway drug to freedom. And Ooh. that was the best quote I heard all weekend. That was a good quote. And that was, I mean, the fact that that was the best one is not because there weren't other good quotes. That was an hour and a half of just nothing but fire. Nothing like it was, but fire. Maj Tori was. All of them. Maj. Maj, yeah, Maj, Maj was on another, like uh, on another level that I've never really seen him on. Yeah. Maj was killing it. And he kept he, apologizing for the, some of the stuff he was saying. And I'm like, this is the libertarian party. We're a hundred percent. Okay. With the stuff you're saying, he was talking about, as he people. called it, shooting government people. And he can, he was shared his fear that, Gun control wasn't going to end until someone got shot in the face. And we were all like, yeah. Yeah, sounds right. Sounds about right. We're libertarians. Yeah. That's not cringy here. Um, Ed, so Edgar. Yeah. Edgar was Edgar, Edgar was, and Tion. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know any of their last names. And I just said all of the names that I do know. Uh, but Ed, Edgar was great. Um, the guy that Devin. Devin, I think you said his name. Yeah, is. I don't know if he goes with his last name. I just remembered he introduced himself as Devin. Okay. Yeah, he he was good. He had some really good points. Uh, and he and uh, Maj and he and Edgar had a couple of back and forths. So I was like, all right, I can get into it. Like, this is, this is a discussion that is – it was both factual and, like, educational. And you had two differing opinions on certain aspects of this. And it, it was – it was exciting to watch. Yeah, it was fantastic. Rhonda Marie was great. She did a lot of bashing of conservatives, which was hilarious because uh, she's actually a conservative, but she was going hard on them. And uh, Alicia Garcia had some great insight on uh, on on guns and gun rights. Uh, and of course, Hank Strange did as well. It was a great panel. Uh, a, a major, major props to Antonia Okafor uh, Cover for putting all that together. Thank you so much to the Libertarian Party, to the Gun Owners of America. It was a fantastic panel. It was such a good panel that Larry Sharp came to watch it and watch the whole thing. Yes, he did. He was sitting right in front of me. He was sitting right in front of Matt. He was. And he watched it. That's how good he it was. Picked, so There was Matt Hicks. Mm-hmm. Me mm-hmm. and super fan Sarah Anderegg, all right in a row, completely not social distancing. Yes. And then everybody else was social distancing, staying at the appropriate distance. At the appropriate um, distance, including Larry Sharp. Sharp, who was about six feet in front of me. Yep. 
So it went well, and uh, and so now we have quite a busy uh, busy time in front of us this week. Uh, it's starting tomorrow with my not not that word. It's a discussion, uh, future freedom discussion featuring me and Chris Taylor Brown, the lead vocalist of Trapped. We're doing that tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Muddy Waters Media, and then on. Sunday, I'm flying to Chicago. I'll be there for a few days. I'm doing a ton of interviews. I'm going to be at a meet and greet in Peoria. So we're, I'm going to play in Peoria. I really like saying that. And uh, I'll be in Springfield, Illinois. I'll be kind of all through Illinois, actually, for a few days there. I'm going to be doing a tour of Chicago, the failed big government status city, and going and talking about all the the problems going facing Chicago and uh, the common sense libertarian solutions that will solve them. And then I will be uh, on Thursday, I'll be flying to Ohio for the Libertarian Party of Ohio convention, where I will be the keynote speaker on Saturday. Yeah. And then in between all that, on Tuesday, tune in right here for another episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I will parse through the week's events like the, like the little summer children, summer bree- breezy summer children that we are. And then on uh, Wednesday, I don't know if I'm, I might skip it. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't you going to be on the road? I'm going to be on the road. I might skip my next episode because I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> I'll probably so end up doing, doing it, but yeah, I know you're right. But we're doing it. So we're doing a show Tuesday. I wasn't sure because I knew you were going to be in Chicago. Yeah, we're going to do a show on Tuesday. Okay. That works for me. I'm going to be really high energy too because I will have been doing stuff for all day. All you're, day. you're either going to be. So for anybody who just started watching us, there was an episode. God, year and a half ago. Well, you've how long have you been doing this with me? Two years now. Uh, two, yeah, yeah, two years. Yeah, it was like a year and a half ago, where Spike made a drink with cacao in it, and he did not know that cacao was highly caffeinated. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it just tasted good. Yeah, and it does. And he. Was super high energy in that episode. I was pretty high strung, and I didn't know why, and it was kind of scary. Um, I knew why because immediately because he said, "Have you had cacao?" And I went, "Uh oh." <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, man, I don't know why I feel like this, but you know what's really good? Cacao." Because I just had a bunch of it. I just, and I was, I just so much of it. That was me. That was Josh Smith was on that episode, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I think that was the Josh Smith episode. Yeah, and I was wired so. I may have I to drink more the, cacao. That was the first time uh, you and I had somebody on as a guest. Yes. Yep, first time. And um, I think also the last time. Um, actually, I think Josh Smith has done it twice. Ah. So, because no one else after seeing that was like, yeah, no, we don't want to be interviewed by him because he's nuts. And it wasn't. <laughs> I was just, I was on cacao. I was on a lot of caffeine. But so Matt... Spike. If people are trying to find us on the internet, how how would they do that? Well, 
if somebody wanted to just listen to our sweet, sultry, buttery, smooth, dulcet voices. Buttery tones. Buttery tones. Buttery tones. Buttery tones. I, my tone is, is buttery. Quite dulcet. Uh, you can find us at anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters. Uh, and you can also find us on pretty much any of your favorite podcasting platforms but while you're at anchor.fm you can leave us messages that we will play live on our episodes and answer your questions listen to your comments and be just heartwarmed from people like jorge mendoza Um, yeah that was really nice Uh, thank you jorge and we love questions we love when you compliment us we love when you bash us we love when you ask us obscure sports questions that we know nothing we have no answer for them that's right but we truly love it if while you're at anchor.fm slash muddied waters, you hit the old donate button and you sub- give us a little bit of money every month so we can continue giving you this high quality entertainment that you have come to know and love. And then you can find this in every other episode at muddywatersmedia.com. Muddywatersmedia.com taken over. Well, folks, thanks you so much for tuning in. And we will see you next week. And where we're going, we don't need roads.